And we are live. What's up, guys? Welcome to Fresh Fit Podcast. We are here with Steve from Accounting. <laughs> Steve from Accounting, aka <laughs> Money Mondays. Oh, man, it's Money Monday. Let's get into it, baby. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Fresh Fit Podcast. It is Money Mondays. We are here with Steve from Accounting, a.k.a. My Accountant. We got a great episode planned for you guys today. We got the whiteboard out, so you guys already know time. <laughs> you guys already know it's time to educate, baby. But real quick, before we get into the show, um, patreon.com slash freshfit. Go ahead and get the behind-the-scenes content there, guys. We got the crazy girl that got arrested for punching our valet guy. Whoa. We got that on footage. Whoa. Uh, she knocked over the fucking thing. Yeah, I know. This <laughs> dude's like, what the hell? Uh, I leave for a few months, and you guys are doing all this shit. Uh you know what I'm saying? So that went wild. It was a good um our valet guy actually filmed it for us. Shout out to him. Yeah. And uh we got that on Patreon. Uh we I didn't the, see it. You, you didn't see it? No, I didn't see it. Yet. Well, whose fault is that? My, my nigga? And I'm busy. You could have seen it yourself. Yeah, man. I'm doing many things. So man, nah, she was uh, going crazy, man. Yeah. yeah. The video is hilarious. Guys, if you want to see in 1080p, well, 3K, 4K, whatever, the girl going crazy from the podcast. Like she was calm here. It was like calm before the storm. Yeah. When the chick we kicked out like yesterday, uh, last week, when she was like, oh, yeah, you guys are racist, blah, blah, blah. And then she goes and perpetuates the stereotypes. And I'm just like, okay. All right. Uh, um, so, yeah, seriously. Um, But anyway. But we had an awesome Zoom call on Sunday, though. Yes, we had a great Zoom call yesterday. We talked about real estate, making money, uh, girls, everything else like that. Just a general yep. discussion of, you know, the sexual marketplace. We talked about that Caleb guy, which we're going to cover that also, guys. Probably this Wednesday. Wednesday. Let's we'll probably cover that this Wednesday for y'all. Um, He's and pushing then, P for real. Yeah, pushing P. So check us out over there, guys, on patreoncom <laughs> slash fresh fit. That was true scenes. though. It wasn't a joke, bro. <laughs> like, come on, man. Uh, and then also, guys, check us out on uh, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Every single platform you listen to podcasts, we are there. Just make sure you wear headphones, especially nowadays, because uh, <laughs> we're public enemy number one. We are the villains, guys. Oh, apparently. apparently. And then also get the merch, guys. Freshfitpodcaststore.com. Check us out over there. We got all the merch, the hoodies, T-shirts, sweaters, etc. Who hurt you? Um, I feel like basically all the female slogans <laughs> that we know that we've known to come and love. All right, and, so check and, us out over there. Fresh never wears. Yeah, that fresh never wears. Thanks, Chris. I was trying to you avoid that. This, yeah, this, I don't know what the, what is that? Is that like a bandana sweater? Hey man, yeah, I'm man. a um, <laughs> do rag. I'm a, I'm a grip gray instead of actually never mind. I was trying something, bro. I was trying. Okay, Yo, that was horrible. It is terrible how unfunny you are, bro. Holy crap. <laughs> it is painful, man. Uh, all right. Fresh and Fit Clips, guys, our other YouTube channel. Check us out over there. If you don't got time to watch the full podcast, go ahead and check us out on Fresh and Fit Clips. You know, we break it down from like two to 20-minute segments. Uh, and we also post clips on this channel as well. We only post one clip per day on here, but we post two clips on our Clips channel. So check us out over there. Fresh and Fit Clips. Also, Fresh has a vlog channel. Guys, for behind the scenes, man. And to tell y'all what I'm gonna do already, I'm gonna actually gonna do live streams on my channel with girls and celebrity guests. So stay tuned for those episodes coming out. And yeah, I'll do vlogs on the other channel uh, for the most part. So shout out to y'all. How'd you get on the way? Let's go. Yeah. Um, and then also, guys, uh, Chris, you wanna tell me what you, tell them about your stuff? Shout out to the Merce game, by the way. Uh, great stream this weekend. 
Follow me on Aaron Poxon on Twitch. Uh, we did some good streams. Also, too, I graded my uh, my gaming channel, acpgaming.com. So if I'm typing in the chat and you guys are confused, that's me, guys. Relax. Um, I will release my, my first video this week. So tune in. Let's get it. And ladies, if you want to come on to our show, DM me and Aaron C. Poxon. Once again, this weekend, some of you ladies are DMing me with no pictures, private profile. Please unprivate your profile and make sure I can see you because if I don't see you, then you won't be seen on the podcast. There you go. There you go. Do I see a leopard behind you? Speaking of seeing, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) She's she's crawling in the corner. (laughs) Oh, shit. Uh, All right. So, um, cool. And then what else do we got here? And also, guys, I got a new YouTube channel. It's called Fed It. I broke down the um, goddamn, I'm running out. K-Flock case yesterday. Uh, shout out to somebody in the chat. Yeah, when I broke down the case, I actually like you know went over like because he ran from the cops, right? And he tossed the gun, and we found the area where he tossed the gun, and we showed the route of how he ran, everything else like that. Somebody in the chat said his his name is Elflock now, and I was fucking dead, bro. <laughs> so <laughs> the chat up. is undefeated. And then like the, where he shot the guy, it was the name of the place was the Final Barber Shop. Dudes was like, yo, he got his final fade. <laughs> I was Damn, like, what the up. fuck, man? Yo. You guys are fucking hilarious, man. But, yo, uh, <laughs> I, real talk, I hope, yeah. But I really hope that he, he beats the case, guys. But, you know, looking at all the evidence yesterday, as y'all saw on that show, we broke it down fucking micro. There's no one that had, has a more complete bro- breakdown on that case than I do right now. I po- pulled out the court documents that's never been seen before. And uh, it was a really good show. Everyone enjoyed it. Thank you guys yeah. so much. We had a bunch of live people watching. The engagement was through the roof. So thank you guys so much for that. Love you guys. And I'll keep bringing on the heat. The next case I'm going to break down is the old block case, okay, a.k.a. Little Dirk's people, the Rico indictment that they got uh, a month or two ago after the FBG duck uh, killing. So stay tuned for that one. That'll be the next one I break down. But other than that, man, we got a special guest in the house, Steve from Accounting, man. Can you introduce yourself to the people? <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, back again. And uh, I'm in the thick of things right now with tax season. It's uh, we're, we're, we're kicking it off. We're, we're in the thick of it right now. And uh, I don't know how the hell I got out of the office and I made it here <laughs> from across the state. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a pleasure to be back and I'm here to, you know, answer any questions and give knowledge to your, to your, uh, to your audience. And, uh, yeah, I'm here to help. I'm curious. How many clients have you gotten from the show? Roughly you think, uh, um, I get a lot of people hitting me up on the, on the DMS there. I mean, I would say at least maybe like, I don't know, 30, 40 at least. Damn. Yeah. And that, and he never checks his Instagram. <laughs> so and, he, and he can only take yeah. on a certain types of clients. Um, I need help. So anybody in the chat that's uh, got any uh, any uh, expertise at that, I could definitely use uh, your help. Can you can so. you tell the people a little bit about your your background as far as like I, I know you were involved in uh, real estate for a bit. Yeah, uh, you own multiple um, uh, businesses with uh, with with your accounting business because he guys he runs the business himself. He's an accountant, but he actually is the owner of his own company and there's multiple multiple locations right yeah so, so we have it's two main it's we're on the west side of florida we're in we're in bradenton and sarasota we've got two locations and we basically deal with high net worth individuals yeah. private business owners mostly s corporations small business owners that is um and uh we do you know full gamut of services for them whether it's a you know full full service accounting cfo level type of services tax strategies um payroll we have a payroll company that we handle payroll for a lot of clients. And then um, prior to that, I was in the, I had a large uh, radiology, um, like portable x-ray company in the state of Florida. So we had, we had um, just basically cars that went around with x-ray machines and ultrasound machines. And we went to like nursing homes and um, different type of medical facilities. And we would go on site and take x-rays 
of patients or ultrasounds or EKGs, send those to like the teleradiologist tele to read and send the reports to the to the doctors that were ordering them. And then we sold that in 2012 to a multinational company. Um, and then I went back into becoming, you know, to, to being a CPA. And that's when I got kicked off my, my practices. I acquired a couple of practices over the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. And prior to that, I was in real estate, or, uh, kind of what you're doing now with the re uh, residential um, rental properties. Mm -hmm. But mostly I was flipping them because it was prior to 2008. And the market was like, basically, you'd go out and you get a property for like, you know, they'd be asking for like 200,000, somebody come in to offer for like 220 or 225, you know, above asking price, similar to what's happening now. But uh, the banking system basically was giving anybody, you know, with, with a and pulse this is you money. and you were, you were doing this, you were, you were, if I'm not mistaken, buying, fixing, and flipping. This was yes. back in 2006, this seven be before the housing crash, right? The crash. Three, yeah, three to like seven. Okay. I sold my last property in seven. I had, I was hung on to one that we rented for a while. And then we managed to get rid of that one, luckily, okay. like right before everything crashed. That was just luck. It wasn't like I, I was I knew what was going to happen to the market. I just happened to sell that last property. And then I started, right before the crash. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I just that was just blind, dumb luck. Yeah. You know? But the thing was, the house that I lived in, I had bought right at the time, right at the peak. And then that went down. But we winded up staying in that house for years. OK. And, and it so, went back up. And uh, yeah, and up you know, and, right? yeah. You lived in it. Don't matter at that point. Yeah. I had a friend that actually came down from New York. He bought a house right at the same time. And then he bailed out after a couple of years. And I'm like, listen, just stay in it. Like, you know, five, six, seven years, it's going to come back. Just, you know, really, and he went into bailing it. And, you know, uh, it always amazes me how people like, like start freaking out when anything dips, like with crypto, yeah. with real estate, whatever yeah. it may be. And it's like, I want you guys to know that like, you don't lose money until you actually sell. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, That's called unrealized. Yeah. Yeah. There's realized and unrealized. You don't, you don't like capital gains tax basically is only on realized when you actually like sell it. You know, and and uh, that's kind of like the crypto course with you know with uh, Charlie and I Shout think Miguel they, Miguel. they talk about. I had a pr pretty long conversation with him. Yeah. I was telling him, dude, you 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 need to get real estate, bro, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to real estate, you don't want to be a speculator. You don't want to be you don't want to be a trader. Like mm -hmm. you know, trading, buying short term and and trying to flip it. It's a long term strategy, kind of like what you're doing right now with all your rental properties. Yeah. You don't have any. You know, even if it, some of those have appreciated significantly, yeah. But you're not looking to sell those right now. Even no, like on a couple of properties, that might have gone up a hundred thousand dollars in just yeah. a couple of months. Yep. Nice profit for you, but I think your long game is to hang on to that because over the course of five, ten years, that's gonna basically. Uh, pay and we're gonna go over that in detail, guys. Um, I, I, I'm actually really, really excited for this episode because we're gonna give you guys a bunch of uh, reasons how, and we're gonna be mostly heavy on real estate, but. We're going to talk about other um, assets as well, uh, other asset classes. And then on top of that, we're going to have a Q&A at the end. So this is your chance, guys, to ask uh, anything prob you want, probably yeah. one of the best accountants in the state about this <laughs> stuff, man. He owns his own practice. He's been doing this for a while. You know, he deals with, you know, entrepreneurs, high net individuals. Um, and yeah, I mean, he, he uh, Steve is a type of accountant where he, he's going to find a way. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I don't think we could do this, whatever. He doesn't say no. He finds, let's try to find a way to say yes. That's legal. You know what I'm saying? That's legal, of course. Yeah, legal. <laughs> you know, yes. That's legal. But Absolutely. you have to be, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, just like you're aggressive with your business, you got to be aggressive as far as like, you know, figure, uh, saving your money too. Because if you don't or you don't know what you're doing, Uncle Sam will destroy you and take your money, bro. So um, this is why the, the, the rich stay rich. And we're going to show some of those um, the, uh, tricks to you guys today. Which and I'm also really having real estate portfolio is important for your, for your growth as for taxes and for wealth. So absolutely. Yeah. It's, I, I think, um, and I think you made, you hit, you had a stat on that. I, I believe like, the, um, 
like Highest. somewhere around 90, 90 to 95% of uh, millionaires yes. all own all real, own estate. real estate. estate. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a huge asset portfolio holding for, for many of these uh, yeah. high net worth individuals. And that's the same thing I see in my practice is basically the ones who have accumulated the most wealth over the longest period of time are, are all in real estate. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. And, um, you know, no college degree yep. <laughs> required, no, no, you know, no, not, not a, uh, trying to offend anybody there if you're going for for a degree in something that you know you need a degree for but um they tend to be the most wealthy people yeah they're just smart they bought low yeah. held it and boom just time time did the work for them yeah you know what i'm saying um all right so hit some of these chats real quick uh we got venom 233 for the record the first caller on the early friday show was not me i was confused af watching the replay y'all saying venom was on the line okay no worries uh, johnny 50 bucks super sticker thank you thank so much johnny. i appreciate that my friend are you guys on Rumble? Five bucks from Two Good Gaming? Uh, no. no. We are on... Um, but we are on Cameo. Cameo. Um, then we got Ken Chris. Five bucks. Uh, Fresh Fit, the most lit podcast. 22 two. We're going from zero to a million fast. So watch the throne. Shout out to Fresh and Fit fam and Steve. Yes, guys. We have hit the mainstream officially, bro. We got YouTube channels that are like 10 times bigger than us talking about us and stuff. Yeah. So it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, um, so that's a little bit about Steve's background, guys. Uh, what he used to do. And obviously, as you guys know, he's me and Fresh's accountant as well. We, you know, he's helped us quite a bit, especially with, you know, Taxes, saving money and being able to purchase things in a, how do I say this, in a strategic fashion. For example, we bought the Range Rover last year. That was all a calculated plan, you know, being very tightly coordinated with Steve as far as like turning that that liability into an asset to help us save some money. So, and we can go over that as well today. But um, can you tell us a little bit about, um, because the last time we were on, we were taking. I don't. Was Biden in office yet? I don't think so. He no, was just coming no, into office just last time in, you were on yeah, here. Yeah, and and, and uh, we were talking about the updates. No, no, yes. actually, actually, um, no, no, I wasn't. I was after. Okay. He was. He. They were proposing that it was his first year of the administration. They were proposing. That yes. The changes. We didn't know whether they're going to be instituted retroactively last year. Yes. Which, in most cases, they don't. But then, you know. So let's uh, now. let's talk about that. So we're going to break down some of these new tax laws, by the way, guys, that you should be aware of that people aren't really talking about. They're more concerned about this beer bug. But these are some other things that you guys probably want to know about as far as these new tax laws that came out under the Biden administration. So, you know, I think for your audience right now, because there's going to be a lot of like um, uh, maybe single filers, I would mm -hmm. I would imagine that would be you know your base with the, with the young men. Um, I think three of the major ones that I kind of identified right now that I think you guys are going to probably face. Get your notebooks, guys. Yeah, um, it's going to be the economic impact payment. Payment. Okay. So that was a stimulus payment that everybody got. Okay. I don't know if you did. You you get it? Did you get fourteen hundred dollars? No, uh, I didn't qualify. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you were. Oh yeah, that was last year. Oh, <laughs> yeah, what am I talking about? So anyway, so if you're below seventy five thousand dollars and you filed in like 19, 2019 and twenty twenty, then uh, you would qualify for the the stimulus payment. Mm -hmm. A lot of people got them like in January, February of last year, and I saw in my practice last prior to that where they were doing the $600 and the, and, the, and all the other, the, the first stimulus and the second stimulus, everybody forgot to, a lot of people didn't check their accounts because it was direct deposit and they didn't realize they had them in there. So mm. I, we asked them, you know, we, we made a point of asking them, did you get the, did you get the payment? Did you get the stimulus payment? A lot of people forgot they got them. They put that they didn't. Mm. Then they thought that because you could apply for a recovery credit on there if you didn't get it. So let's say you were supposed to get the 1400 and, and, um, you got it, mm -hmm. and uh, then you go to file your taxes this year, and you forgot that you got it, and you tell your accountant, no, I didn't get it, or you filed it, you didn't get it, and then it's going to give you an, a credit, a recovery credit of 1400 so it's going to add that to your refund. Mm -hmm. and Which that's considered earned income, isn't it? 
Well, no, it's not. Call? It's not that it's income. It's okay. a lot of a lot of people were getting letters and they were saying that their refund was reduced or they maybe owed because they were calculating that they got it. Okay. It caused a lot of problems. Okay. So mm -hmm. that's one that you guys want to be very careful. Check your bank accounts if you qualify qualified for it. If you have seventy five thousand dollars or less as a single single filer, check your check your bank statements going back to um, you know January or February of last year. You would have gotten a fourteen hundred dollars, and if you got it, then you then you don't put it down on your return this year and if you didn't get it then you have a chance to get it and you put it that um you know you didn't get it and you'll get it with your refund now bam there's so that's a, that's one that i know people are gonna have that's gonna be a problem for people um and i think yeah i just the other one is uh you know i don't know if you got like um you know uh people with dependents and they get the child kids. tax credit so that's gone up but what they did last year is if you have kids and you filed for 2019 and 2020 with your dependents and they were below a certain age, then they started giving everybody automatic payments like starting in July of $300 or $200, depending on what type of dependent you had and what the age was. And that started, people started getting the payments in July directly deposited in their accounts. So now when you go to do your return, you can't, you know, and if you got those payments for the six months last year, you can't double dip and you can't say that you didn't, you have to report that you got them. And um, and then you have to consider that as as the child tax credit because if you didn't get them, then you could get them mm -hmm. now. But if you got them, you have to factor that in there, and that's going to screw a lot of people up. You're going to see a lot of people. And what's the name letters. of that, that one? That's called the. That's the advanced child tax credit. Advanced child tax credit. Yeah, okay. ACTC or something. Okay. So yeah. listen up for you guys out there that might have children. So that that's going to be an issue too. This <sighs> that's one that that uh, is going to cause a lot of problems. Are you breaking laws if you kind of like? forget that they got it as well they'll know because know. there's a website too and I'll, I'll probably have to post the link i'll give it to you guys maybe later you guys can put it in your in your chat or whatever um where you can go there and i think uh, people i think people had to go there and apply for it mm -hmm. um to start getting it or maybe say that they did they, they didn't want it so there's a specific site that you can go to and then it, it there's everybody's supposed to get a letter to say this is what you got mm -hmm. to to remind them to give it to their tax preparer um but that's going to be that's going to be another issue i think that a lot of people are going to okay wind up making mistakes on okay so these are things to look out for guys on your taxes for uh 2021 when you're uh doing them and then so, the, the other one there's only three I, I i think that would pertain to your audience is um if anybody was unemployed and got unemployment compensation i know in 2020 2020 if you got um anything below $10,200, you didn't have to report it as income. Mm, okay. Obviously did, because of the pandemic. They got rid of that now. So okay. in 2021, if you got any unemployment compensation, it's all, it's fully taxable. Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. So that's something that's, to keep in mind. That's one that they kind of like, yeah. Oh God, man. Okay. All right. So yeah. for all you guys out there that were trying to get somebody, you know, save somebody off the unemployment, <laughs> I got to pay tax on that this year, Damn. not last year, but this year you do. Um, okay. Um, and then was there anything else that you want to, so three, the, the, so a quick little Those recap of three, that, yeah. three things to worry about in 2021, as far as like filing your taxes and making sure you don't get a hiccup here is the first one was called the, the, the first one was called the economic impact payment or okay. the, they call it the stimulus check. You Bam. know, Hey, did you get your stimulus check? Yeah. Um, and that was $1,400 for last year in 2021 uh -huh. per person Yep. per person. And then the second one. And then the other one's going to be the advanced child tax credit. Okay. Where people started getting those in July of last year. Mm -hmm. They were getting anywhere from 200 to 300 a month. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was getting your child tax credit that you normally would get at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. You were getting it Monthly. ahead of time, advance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And then the last one would have been the unemployment compensation they did away with. So it's any unemployment you got in 2021, you have to include it. Okay. Unfortunately. Um, the 12 dirty dozen IRS. Did you want to talk about that too? That's kind of like, yeah, we, we can get into that like a little bit later. I think okay. that's, yeah, right. we're that kind of segue later. into like some of the things that they're like kind of going after this year and they're beefing up their audit staff and there's certain, there's a couple strategies in there. We had talked about that, I think in private on some of the, like, not, not that anybody did that strategy, but um, mm -hmm. there is one particular one that um, was, it was a pretty good strategy. And I think that we should talk about that one because okay. it pertains to real estate. Okay. So you businesses. want to transition over to the real estate now? Um, yeah, well, is there anything we, else? I think, I think the major thing that you wanted to talk about is in particular to your situation yeah. is on the rental properties yes. for the cost segregation. Yes. Depreciation huge, cost segregation. Yeah. So, all right. So we'll, uh, we'll switch over to real estate now. <laughs> all right. So those are some things that you guys wanted to cover as far as like, you know, your 2021 tax returns, uh, any chance to catch up with Chris or. Yeah, we have some. Okay. I'll read these real quick and then we're going to go into real estate and guys, this is going to be the secret sauce on the best part. This is going to be. How the wealthy stay wealthy, why guys like Grant Cardone, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, Donald Trump, etc. This is why they don't pay taxes. What I'm about to show you guys, or actually, excuse me, what Steve's about to show you guys right now is deadly, okay? And it's all legal. This one is good. One. Uh, 20 bucks uh, edit, edited regarding the advanced child tax credit. What if you had a child born this year but didn't get a tax credit for them? Can you claim that on taxes? I'm sorry. I wasn't even. I was looking over there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he goes regard, and that's from uh, edited DT. Eddie DT. And then I hate my job for crypto taxes. Are you going through every single transaction to calculate how much you owe? I hear some people are waiting for more regulation clarity before paying all their crypto taxes. Wondering about your thoughts, C Chris. Can we save these questions for the end? Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, I these do are have really an good idea questions. on that one. Yeah. So we're gonna one. keep going on with the presentation, guys. And then as you guys send the questions in. Chris is going to make a note of it, save it, and then we're going to answer all of them at the end. So, you know, just be ready with the with the pen and papers and send your questions in now, but we're keeping a log of them. So that's two questions that we got right there. So, um, okay. So on the question on the child being born in, if the child well, was we born- we can answer at the end, unless like it pertains to exactly what we we're just- Well, so if the child was born in 2021, mm -hmm. you obviously probably would not have gotten that- that uh, credit if you didn't go online and say that the child was born because you didn't have the 2020 taxes because they went off the 2020 taxes. Mm -hmm. So if the child was born in 2021, that wouldn't show on your 2020 taxes. Mm. So when they file this year for their 2021 taxes and that child was born in 2021, then they're going to claim that child and get the child, get the appropriate child tax credit, okay. which if they're under six, you get an extra $600. So it's $3,000 per kid. That's under that's 17 and under. And then um, it's an extra uh, uh, $600 if they're six years old and under. Okay. Wow. So they they should qualify for, you know, pending their income level. Um, they're up to uh, $3,600 credit for that child. Okay. And then, yeah. you know what, real quick, we might as well answer that crypto question too, as well. But send your questions in guys. And we got y'all. What was so it for the crypto question one more time? It was for crypto taxes. Are you going through? Because uh, we did talk about that child one, so that makes sense. Yeah. For crypto taxes, are you going through every single transaction to calculate how much you owe? I hear some people are waiting for more regulation clarity before paying for all their crypto taxes. Wondering about your thoughts. So on the crypto, um, you know, depending on what exchange you're using to onboard and and and, and you know your fiat, yeah, to get on your your fiat onto the onto the exchange. And um, so all the transactions are recorded on a blockchain. It's yes. basically like a spreadsheet on the you know on the internet. Yeah. That's all verified. Um, so it's easy enough to get your transactions from your wallet on any wallet that you have, mm -hmm. um, and figure out you know on your trades and your swaps. But if you're not cashing out and you're just hanging on to it, and it's going up in value. 
then there's really, you know, that's not, that's, that's unrealized. So there's no tax consequence to yeah. that. It's not until you cash out till maybe USDC or something like that. You take it off the exchange and then you have a reportable transaction there. That's a, that's a taxable event. Once yeah. you sell it and like you cash out. So you buy Ethereum at 2,500 and it goes up to 5,000 and you cash it out to USDC and you take it out. Then that's, that's a reportable, that's a realized gain on yeah. that, on that uh, okay. currency. So you don't get hit with the taxes guys. So you actually pull, pull it out, which is a, a, you know, a gift and a curse with the crypto because you can't really, I mean, are there any deductions right now as far as like the U.S. government goes with involving crypto? No, right? I mean, maybe Charlie and Miguel. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think there's any um, right now, bro. Like, no, it's I mean, that's the one yeah, thing that sucks. Like, what about yeah. art, NFTs, or like uh, anything with that taxes? Or no? I mean, that's that's you know, NF, uh, non fungible token um, is it's just like a form of it's a token. It's a, that's like a cryptocurrency. So if it goes up in value and you sell it for a profit, it's just like selling anything else. It's like a it's like selling this. Let's say this, you know, this sell phone or something like that. Yeah. Okay. You sell it for a profit. Right? Yeah. Same thing. Okay. All right. It's just digital. Yeah. So real estate. Fair enough. Yeah. That's why real estate is the best, man. Like, you know, crypto is great for like appreciation and everything. You know, it's really quick real uh, gains, but it's like just as fast as you get those gains, Uncle Sam is just waiting with his fucking handout to take the gains from you with the, with the you know, the capital gains tax. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are just seeking out jurisdictions like, you know, hence Florida. That's why yeah. they're coming because they at least can save on the state taxes. Yeah. Not necessarily the federal. But they're looking at places like Puerto Rico and like, uh, yes. you know, Dubai, you know. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, because there. Um, the tax benefits there are, are for capital gains um, are tremendous. And it's and you don't have to give up your citizenship to uh, to go there. Can we, can we break down that Puerto Rico thing real quick before we get into the real estate? <laughs> yeah. what, 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 why? What what has everyone run into Puerto Rico? Can you break down the numbers for these guys? Why so many people are so I mean, because it's crazy to like, I don't know if a lot of you, have you guys been to, been to Puerto Rico, but it's not the best place to be, man. It's fairly yeah. dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there's a lot of gun violence there. Um, it is a beautiful island, but sometimes you forget you're you're actually in the United States. It doesn't feel like it. And you the know prices what I'm are pretty uh, up there as and well. And it's extremely expensive and to live there. Aren't you there. Puerto Rican? I am. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so um, but, I know but, a lot about it. Um, what has because, everyone going out there, man? Well, there's very nice areas. Okay. There's very nice areas. There's gated areas. There's, um, you know, I, I've never felt the sense of danger when I've been there ever. Okay. You know, I don't know if it's because I was all, I was all those family or something or friends or, um, but I've never, you know, obviously you kind of know where to go. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, it kind of reminds me of Florida maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, but with, with mountains, okay. you know what I mean? Yeah. And a little, and more, uh, the older buildings. Okay. So forth. Um, but at any rate, a lot of people are seeking that because there's, there's two tax act, the tax act, 20, get your notebooks out guys. Tax Act 20 and Tax Act 22, and you can look them up, just Google them, and you read, you know, a, a little synopsis on it. But it, basically, people are migrating there because you can uh, set up a business there. You have to have one Puerto Rican employee, at least, mm -hmm. but you have to stay there um, at least 183 days per year mm -hmm. in order to qualify for residency there. Is that like six months? It's six months, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and you could do it in combination because a lot of people like to travel back and forth. So if you keep good records on it, and as long as like you you stay there a month, come back a month, stay there a month, come back a month, or you know, however, as long as the total amount in those twelve months add up to one hundred eighty three days, then you're good. Mm -hmm. um, and then essentially the um, the the uh, the income tax rate there is only four percent. Mm. And then the other thing too, which is major, is that you don't have to file a federal IRS income tax return, even though you don't not giving up your citizenship because your residency is there. You just mm. file a Puerto Rican government tax return. You pay your pay your percentage to the Puerto Rican government, and um, that's it. And they'll they'll check on you know there's certain checks and balances that the government there has and make sure that you know it's legitimate. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but that's a lot of people, you know, especially these uh, crypto guys that go there. But not every, you know, it's not for everybody. It's got to be, you know, you got, you have to be, you know, if you're going to uproot your life and go somewhere, you have to check it out and be comfortable to say, you know, can I last six months in this, you know, this, this, I, this place? I can hold you. Like, to uproot everything to leave the States, just to go there for taxes? Yeah. Man, I don't know if I would really do it. I mean, hey, if you got if if you're making hundreds of millions, you, know, you, let, you can live this. very well. So there, let's say save Steve, a lot of money. I'm sorry. Yeah, oh, um, so so just so that people kind of understand the, yeah. the the benefits. Let's say a scenario where someone is living in Puerto Rico versus let's say maybe a Florida or even in, uh, a New yeah. York State. So they make a million dollars a year. What uh, can we can we kind of go through the scenario of like what they would be taxed while living in Florida versus being in Puerto Rico? I don't know if we could do that scenario. Well, basically, just just you know, off the cup, just forty percent. Okay, four hundred thousand dollars versus four percent. Mm. Forty, <laughs> forty, yeah. So <laughs> huge, major savings. So that's yeah. that's a substantial amount of wealth. Just in a million dollar case, enough to you know, you can live very well there. The cost of living is probably cheaper than most of these areas that these guys are coming from. Yeah, it could be California, New York, Connecticut, yeah. wherever. You know, a lot of uh, people yeah, from LA going yeah. there. Right. So now you get your, and then you're also um, not having to file an IRS income tax return. You're not required to. So that's major in itself. So, so how are you paying your taxes then if you're not following? You that have to account? file a Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. Yeah. Oh, which, which has, which has I'm assuming, they have their own what, you know, their department own of taxation separate from the IRS. Which is it's better a tax than treaty. it's a commonwealth. It's not a state. Yes. You know, because they, they have what is a taxation and, um, you know, no representation. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so, so so we're talking about so 40 percent stateside versus 4 percent in Puerto Rico. So on a million right. dollar income. You're going to be liable for my math. My math sucks. Uh, help, uh, help me out here. Forty percent of uh, of a million dollars is four hundred thousand right. versus forty thousand. Right. Versus forty thousand. Exactly. That's incredible. But yeah. okay, so three hundred sixty thousand dollars savings just on that alone. How I mean, about this that's, though? That's now you guys can see. And a lot of people they'll have second homes that. here. It's not like they're giving up their entire life. They'll have a place here too, and so yeah. they come back and forth. They'll spend. You know, because it gets hot there in, in, the, in the summer. It's kind of like what the people do here in Florida. Right. You know, maybe they have a place down here and they go back up to New York Slumbers. in the summer because it's, yeah, so you can kind of do something like that. But can I buy enough real estate here to, like, counteract the, the taxes so that I don't, I don't have to move, per se? Like, okay. I mean, it's possible, but the problem is, is, like, you can't just consistently report a loss on your tax return year over year, mm. you know, because after a certain amount of time, you know, after, after within the five-year time time frame, if that's not profitable, then the IRS could come back and take a harder look at it and say, okay, what's going on here? And then that's when so they that, take yeah. your money. Shout out to Puerto Rico. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow, that's that's huge right there. So, we're talking about 40% versus 4%. And, and you guys, obviously, the more money you make, you can see how that can compound over time. Right. O on a million-dollar salary alone, you're liable for 400000 stateside versus only being liable for approximately $40,000 $40, living in Puerto Rico, right. which now I can see why people like Logan Paul and a bunch of other entrepreneurs are moving out there that are higher net worth individuals. Well, that Logan, makes sense. They're, going, they're thinking about going to Puerto Rico? Well, well he's, already he's already there. Oh, he is. Okay. Logan Paul, do you oh, want to know that? Because yeah. <laughs> there's some really nice areas. I mean, they, they're, yeah. you know, I, I, I spent a lot of time going around with a doctor client of mine, a good friend of mine, and he showed me areas that I did not know existed. I said, if you go there as a tourist, you go there like, like not in the know, there's a really lot of, like you go, you have to go some with someone that really knows the area. Yeah, I went. I went there. Went yeah. to San Juan. I was pretty much it. I yeah, because that's that's just a tourist, tourist area. Spots. I was yeah. like, all right, this is cool and all. Yeah, I'm from the islands. It's kind of boring, but those areas that you just spoke about, hey, that might be lit. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Okay. And it's not for everybody. Even even you know some people just don't you know like the culture. Maybe you don't like the food, or maybe you just 
there's a certain type of lifestyle. Like Miami's a lot different, you know. Yeah. It's you've got everything happening over here. I mean, it, yeah. there's some yeah. baddies over there, but not not like a lot though. Mm-hmm. From what I see, I don't know. I could be wrong. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Well, you're in Miami. So that's all. <laughs> yeah, you're perce- like, yeah, definitely our perception is this skewed. Yeah, we got yeah. a lot of hot girls here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll right, read these real quick. Uh, is unemployment the same as medical leave? Uh, Two dollars from uh, the miles. And then, if I have a for-profit company, can I use Section One Seven Nine of the IRS tax code to get a G wagon? That's mm. twenty bucks. We'll talk about that because yeah, that's yeah we'll one. talk about that I with like the cars. That. And then, Godspeeder, no question, just for the collection plate. Thank you so Thank much, you bro. Speed. I appreciate that greatly. All right, so let's get into uh, transition over. Finally, over to real estate. So we got a board here, guys, where we're going to break down uh, depreciation and then something else called uh, cost segregation, a.k.a. accelerated depreciation, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And uh, there are two different things. And we're going to show you the power of having real estate and how it can significantly reduce your liability. And when you guys do the numbers and see, just like we did with Puerto Rico, you can see how this can quickly add up and save you tens of thousands, if not millions of dollars, depending on how much money you earn per year so uh before we uh, show them an example on the board steve can you explain what depreciation is first and then what cost segregation is which think of it if i'm going to put it in a way think of like you know for all my dbz fans out there depreciation is like super saiyan one goku okay and then cost segregation is like fucking god mode super saiyan blue uh goku okay so that's that's basically if i can put it in a weird anime nerdy ver- version that's what it is so can you give them <laughs> Steve's like what the sure. fuck are you talking about bro <laughs> he's like what what <laughs> uh so nani? so depreciation all right depreciation basically is if you buy an asset for a business purpose mm-hmm. okay it's an asset for a business home purpose. or a car home car piece of equipment um you know real estate obviously and everything the irs assigns a useful life to meaning that let's say it's it's a car right mm-hmm. so a car has a useful life under the irs rules of five years mm-hmm. now that person in there in the chat talked about a g-wagon mm-hmm. and what you guys you know you guys you guys bought your car last year there's certain cars that are heavy the weight and they're over the weight over six thousand pounds mm-hmm. where you can write the whole thing off okay in one year but typically, if you don't take those accelerated methods, those those preferable methods for tax purposes, then you would write it. You were you would go to the book and say, okay, this is, you know, this is a, a washer and dryer. It's seven years, mm-hmm. so you depreciate it over seven years. So basically, depreciation is basically it's it's a it's a paper expense on your tax return for a portion of that year. So you're writing off, you're depreciating it. And then you get down to to uh, what's called co- it's cost basis. So if you spend a hundred dollars on something and you divide it over five years, you're going to depreciate that thing twenty dollars every year, twenty dollars mm-hmm. every year on your tax return. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah. In, in so it's, a, it's the U.S. government's yeah. way of looking at it like you bought something that naturally is going to have wear and tear over time. Right. So now you're going to get a tax benefit because it's getting wear and tear. You right. know what I'm saying? But the benefit is that you're able to write that that cost off on your taxes so that you're not liable as, as and it's much. and what what it is is the irs's way like in accounting terms it's an IR, it's it's our way of an, an accounting of proper matching revenue which is let's get rental income to how long that asset's going to last before you have to replace it bam okay okay um and then the irs says okay well we're not going to let you write everything off on all your assets we're going to select certain assets that you can do that to mm-hmm. to have uh you know like for for instance that we're going to talk about here with the cost segregation is pretty powerful 
Um, and you'll see the, in the illustration, like how mm -hmm. much that really saves you in taxes. It's, it's tremendous. Um, and, uh, you know, basically the IRS says, okay, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll let you, we'll allow you to take a portion of that every year. Mm -hmm. Um, and All right. then, yeah. So, so, uh, cool. So I guess, um, let's, yeah, let's give them an example then. So we okay, got yeah. depreciation, then we got simple one, accelerated yeah. depreciation guys. So we're going to give you an example of a purchase of a home and what the, the purchase of this home would help you with as far as taxes. And obviously you can apply this to other assets as well. Maybe we can even do an example with a car if we got time. Uh, but we're going to do one with a house. Um, are we good on mic? Uh, yeah. Okay. Is this, the, is this the mic down here? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's that one right there. This one right here. That one oh, right okay. there. Yep. Right, I'm going to take these off. So yeah, go ahead. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Just talk right into it. That one, you got to be real close to it. All right. So uh, shout out to Steve from Sit Beyond the Numbers. He's about to show y'all some numbers. Steve from accounting. <laughs> Steve okay, from accounting. So okay. The first one I'm going to go through is like normally what most CPAs do or accountants or, or people that have rental property, what they do typically is they will just take take like a, I used a two hundred and twenty thousand dollar property, okay? And I think I think Myron, you had a property very similar to this one. Yes, yes, at two sixty. So this is very similar. Yep. So what you do is you have to break that property up, okay, into its component pieces. So we always allocate a piece of it to land. So let's say in this case we're going to take ten percent of it, and we're going to put that as land, mm -hmm. okay? And then. Now you have two hundred thousand dollars left over. Yep. Okay. That you have to depreciate, right? Let me put a little on here. So the land is automatically cut out from the real estate, um, the the so, property itself. And then they just do building. Okay. Oops. So they just do building, right? Yeah. This here, land you don't depreciate. Yeah. So there's zero depreciation on it. And I think that's something important that the audience needs to know because some of you guys talk to me, like I've seen you guys ask questions about, hey, but what about buying land, et cetera? Mm -hmm. The positive is, yes, you can sell it and potentially get a good upside if it's in a hot area. But the negative is you don't get the same tax benefits for it, guys, because you can't write off land on depreciation, which I think is very important for guys to know. Now, the building here, most people are just do 27, excuse me, 27 and a half years. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that means the total depreciation on this configuration here is only, let me calculate here, $7,272. That's depreciation. That's what you would get typically. Mm -hmm. That's, this is very, probably like 75 to 80% of accountants or tax preparers will do it this way. Okay. Now, if you do a cost segregation, you don't have to spend a hundred thousands of dollars. Like some people buy commercial properties mm -hmm. and it's multi-million dollar properties. They'll spend thousands of dollars on a, on a engineer to come out and do a cost segregation. Study. Okay. In your case, you could just. So this is basic depreciation right now, right? This is an example of basic. This depreciation. Is basic. This okay. is the basic one. So let's, let's yeah. go over the numbers real fast so that people kind of know and they know what's going on. So this is basic depreciation first guys. So you bought purchase price is 220,000. Okay. And it, for this example. All right. And then. Twenty thousand of that is is considered land. So that and that is that what twenty twenty percent or ten percent? Ten percent. Okay. So ten percent is automatically deducted, guys, off of land. So now that leaves you with the building price of two hundred thousand. And what you're going to do is you're going to depreciate that over twenty seven point five years. And what that does is that leads you to what seven thousand two hundred seventy two, uh, thousand uh, seven thousand two hundred seventy two dollars. And that is basically put against your earned income to bring your liability down, yeah, correct? so you take that as a depreciation. Yep. Depreciation, now you have rental income, you have your mortgage interest potentially, mm -hmm. your real estate taxes, yep. repairs and maintenance, mm -hmm. and then you have depreciation. 
Okay. So that's just another expense line item. Okay. Yeah. So um, so the taxes, everything else, those are also write-offs as well? Absolutely. No? Yeah. Property taxes. Can we put, give them maybe an example of like maybe what a taxes would cost on a property like this for a year, et cetera, so we can let's give them five, like a total? Let's say it's in a nicer area, 5000 Okay. So, yeah. so we got 5000 then we got 7200 and then what else would, would hypothetically? Maybe mortgage interest. Mortgage maybe, interest. Maybe you got a mortgage interest of 150 or something like that. And okay. You know. At, Times twelve, three percent. Okay, or something like that. So, so let's uh, say it's a, it's a, let's say it's a, I don't know, seven thousand. Seven thousand. Yeah. Okay, so seven thousand plus seventy two hundred. That's four fourteen fourteen two hundred, and then another five thousand. That's nineteen two. Uh, so would that nineteen two pretty much be taken now and put against their Rental income? Income. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now yeah. if you so basically, guys, if you generate, let's say you make twenty thousand dollars, right? That that year on your rental income. You only owe the. You're only liable now for one thousand dollars of that income versus being liable on the twenty thousand that you made Correct. because these these things added up and basically brought your liability down. You guys see the power of that? Yeah. So don't don't, don't get caught up on the seven thousand alone. Yeah. Get caught up on everything else that yeah. adds to the total. Yeah. Can we put like the taxes in there, five thousand and everything? Well, just I just want to. Oh, okay. okay. I want to make the point because those are going to be the constants. This okay. is the variable. I see what you're saying. Okay. Is the variable. Okay. I see taxes what you're saying. It's going to be you know, real estate taxes, real estate taxes on both columns, right? Okay. But this is what, Perfect. this is the game changer here. Okay. So I think we focus on this. So if you do a cost segregation study, right? Okay. So now we're going to do the more, uh, okay. uh, the cost segregation part of this, guys, which is another more accelerated version of uh, depreciation here. Same thing, same price, right? Same land, cost allegation, 20 grand. For the land, okay, but then instead of taking just the two hundred thousand and lumping it and twenty-seven and a half year property, we're going to take and segregate that into fifty thousand. Show you fifty thousand. This is a very simple light. Like let's let's say my cost segregation study that I came up with mm -hmm. came out to this. Okay, I went and said, okay, I, I allocated like fifty thousand. It's not necessarily always going to be this way, but it, I'm just going to drive the point home. Okay, so that's two hundred thousand. So here, let's say it's uh, um, like appliances or something. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously it's that's high. Or let's say roof. Let's say roof. Yeah, it's let's it's basically roof. anything that is non-structural, guys, okay. is the roof. big takeaway here. Okay. You know, let's say this paint. Is, um, um, let's say this is electrical. Mm -hmm. Okay, which will be all the electrical components of the house. Okay, and floors maybe. Say, yeah, let's say this is um. AC windows. Let's say, yeah, let's say, let's say windows, something like that. Okay. Windows are expensive, man. <laughs> Damn. Okay, now this, I'm just going to call it um, improvements. Okay. Especially hurricane impact windows. Okay. Okay. So now let's say we did here 15 for the roof. Okay. Let's say we did 10 five and then here zero and then we'll get to that one okay because we, we could we could take bonus on here okay so if we use these numbers here now we've got depreciation of here can you just talking to mike steve so they can hear you sorry about that. yep so we got depreciation of for the roof at 15. i think i did this wrong here you got Help me out with my eyes here. <laughs> okay. So we got 
the first fifty. Wait, hold on, fifty thousand. Yeah, I got it here. I got it here. All right, so let's say, I think fifteen, fifty or fifteen, right? It's your total. Yeah. So we got three for there. What was the other one? We're just lining up the numbers for you guys real quick, so you can see kind of like what, how this uh, this works. This will be ten. Give you examples of like, you know, but essentially what it is is it's um, you know, <clears throat> it's essentially non-structural uh, fixes to the house, guys. Ten. Okay. Back and to high this school. This will be zero because mm -hmm. we're going to take this as bonus. Okay. So in this case, we got sixty-five, six, sixty-eight, three. 33 and in depreciation expense versus if we didn't do the cost only 7,000. Okay. So it's about a $61,000. Okay. So let's walk them through that so that we can, so that they completely understand. Recap. Yeah. Yeah. Let's recap that real fast. So now, so we, we showed you guys how basic depreciation works. Now we're going to talk about how the cost segregation version, which like I told y'all before is the super Saiyan blue version of depreciation how that works so that you can more aggressively uh you know um deduct and cut your liability down so can you walk them through the numbers real quick with the cost seg uh, on there steve please? okay so basically i took this roof at 15 years electrical let's say components was fifty thousand at 10 years let's say windows and so forth are, are five-year assets and that's fifty thousand dollars and then improvements we can write them off because it's bonus it falls under the bonus depreciation meaning kind of like your your car Section 179, you could you can deduct it all in, the, in one year. In one year. You can okay. get it up front, essentially, so this, right? We'll, this one will say it's all one year. Bonus. Okay. This is the bonus, right? Cool. Let me put bonus in there so everybody knows. I don't want to put... So you guys see that see the difference here where now he's depreciating it over a shorter period of time versus 27 and a half years? Now he can depreciate it over 10, 15. And he was giving you different... He's using different types of fixes so that you guys can see the numbers with 15 year mm -hmm. depreciation versus 10 year versus five year, et cetera. So you guys have different examples and a bonus one as well. So Correct. it's multivaried there. So I just did the math here, put them, I lined them here and total up my total depreciation deduction under my cost segregation. And you can see 68,000 plus versus just over 7,000. It's a $61,000 difference. Yeah. And, and it, you could take that. And it's and then, huge. <laughs> yeah. Now, now good. So you, so let's say this produced a loss. Okay. Now, and you're not a real estate, let's say you're not a real estate professional. You oh, and we're going to break that down for you guys. Yeah. So being a real estate professional, being not one, how this will help you. Sorry, go ahead. So if you're not a real estate prof professional, you could take up a $25,000 loss. Okay. But if you are, then you could take the full loss. So in this case, let's say you're at a 25% tax bracket, just for simple math. Mm -hmm. The difference in that is going to be tax savings of $15,250. That's huge. And someone that's in a 25% tax bracket, roughly how much are they earning per year? 25% uh, would be like, I think I want to say like in 150000 Okay. So that's substantial say, yeah. for someone that is earning about 150000 per year. So that cuts your, that if you earn 150 k per year, guys, gross, now they can only tax you on 135000 gross, roughly. Yeah. Versus that full 150. So now you're not as li not liable for as much. Right. Um, so. <clears throat> so and then we got the the so all the numbers together. Right. So we got the basic. So for this scenario here, guys, on a home, that's two hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Right. You got and we'll walk you through it one more time. because I want you all to really understand this, because even though I'm terrible at math, maybe you guys will will get it when I go through it. So 
the house, right? Ba- the, uh, the basic. So you got two things. You're burning the candle at two ends here. You got $220,000 on the purchase price. Immediately, 10% goes out the window, right? Because the home uh, is on land, obviously. Then now you only are left with the building, which gives you $200,000. You depreciate off that 27 and a half years. That leaves you with $7,272 that you can now use against your income to, uh, to kind of offset it, right? Then you t- take that same scenario and you can almost like double dip and do cost segregation, which is a more aggressive form where you're depreciating the things in the home that are non-structural, such as a roof, electrical windows, et cetera. And you guys can see the power of it. That now has brought his liability down by 68, approximately $68,000. So you combine that 68,000 with the 7,000 um, and then the taxes, which we figured out would be like, what, 5,000? Right. So we, we I think we worked it out to like 19K or something like that on the basic depreciation. Yeah. So basically yeah. you would add this to your total. Let's say, let's say all the other. You expenses. can take that mic if you need to. Let's say all the other expenses were like 20 grand. Yeah. Right? So 20 this, grand. this would be $27,000 deduction off your rental income. And if you had $50,000 rental income, then you got a profit. Yeah. Right. This one would be adding $20,000 $20, to that. And if you had $50,000 income, it's going to produce a loss. Okay. On that one. Because okay. those expenses are going to stay the same whether you do cost segregation or not. Mm-hmm. This, so you just add up your regular expenses for all the other stuff. So if, you're, you're, if your regular expenses, like for real estate taxes, for insurance, for repairs and maintenance, for um, you know prop, pro, property taxes, I think I said, in uh, mortgage interest. Yes, mortgage interest. Yep. Let's say it's, those all add up to 20 grand. Mm-hmm. We add that with the depreciation, depreciation expense. That's 27,272. Yep. Right? But if we add 20 here, that's 88. Bam. Still the same rental income. One produces still a profit and you're paying tax. The other one, you're at a loss. So just so people understand, is it better to be at a loss or profit for taxes? Well, for tax, I mean, obviously it's better to be at a loss, but for business purposes, you know, you don't want to be losing money. You know, you want to be making money. So, right. I mean, yeah. But if you could take advantage of the tax laws and, you know, uh, pay less in taxes. That that's the name of the game. And this is what a lot of real estate investors do. And this is breaking down category category by category uh, over a period of years, so you can get the best amount for uh, depreciation, basically. So that's pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, so I mean, you could ahead. you could see basically now just you buy a you, let's say you buy a building for two million. Yeah. <laughs> you can see how that is. Yeah. Pretty impactful. How that would or, be. Let's say crazy. you have like you know in your case you got five six properties. You're yeah. Doing this on. And then, and then you can declare yourself a real estate professional. Bam. And can we talk about how, um, how someone would go about? So, guys, just on that scenario, basically, he just showed you guys how he wrote off $88,000 off of his uh, tax returns. So now he's not liable. He was able to basically bring his liability down $80,000, which is huge. Yeah. And that carries not, over to the next year, right? It's not the liability. It's, it's sorry. The um, liability, yeah, because you at 25% in this scenario, 25%, the difference between those two line expense line items. If you're a 25% effective tax rate taxpayer, mm-hmm. in this case would be $15,000 tax savings. Bingo. That's your liability. That's, yeah. yeah. Which is huge. That's yeah. huge. For someone for at 150000 yeah. Now, this is someone that's not a real estate professional. Right. Now multiply that by four properties. Okay. Crazy. So that's 60 grand. Yeah. And, and guys, you don't have to do this math for yourself. Obviously go to a certified accountant that can help you with this process. Yeah. But just so you guys can see the background of why he does what he does. Yeah. You know, don't yeah. get too caught up on the numbers that I use yeah. up here because this is just very simple. Man, I'm just trying to drive the idea home. Obviously, yeah. this scenario what wouldn't be. Is. Yeah, this is not going to be exact numbers. That, you know. Okay. Yeah. But it's going to, uh, it'll be very, the formula is similar to this. Yeah. Okay. And then um, I guess, uh, so the real estate professional, sorry. 
So a real, to be qualified as a real estate professional, you have to have at least 500 hours or more in a particular year devoted to that activity. So it's, it's called materially participating. So um, that's, kind of, that's kind of the benchmark there. What are the benefits versus just being a regular? Um... Well, because in this case, let's say you have a 20, let's, you know, in, in that one scenario, let's say one produces a $50,000 loss. Mm. Well, if you're not a real estate professional, you're going to only take up to $25,000 of it. Okay. You know, so versus yeah. being able to take the whole thing. So how would someone go about making themselves a real estate professional so that they can enjoy the full benefits? They of, just got to substantiate that they can, they have $500 or 500 hours or more in one calendar year. Okay. And how would they be able to prove it would be by uh, amount of homes they own? You know, a lot of, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, in your case, you got six properties and, you know, you're, you're managing multiple properties and you're, um, you know, calling, uh, you know, repairs and maintenance and, and collecting rents and, um, you know, seeking out other investment properties too throughout the year and devoting hours to that as well. Yeah. Um, You know, it's pretty easy to add up 500 hours if you have four or five properties yeah if you have multiple properties yeah. you can easily rationalize usually hey, irc is like you know because it's a schedule e and then you've got columns for each property so if you see you know three four or five properties it's pretty easy to substantiate that you're, if let's you're say someone here. can only save up to buy maybe one property in a year how would they go about um you know i would say stuff? um you know if they have they, they go about like maybe getting their real estate license okay mm-hmm. okay, okay no, that's, that's one way big one you know because then then you know you're, you could substantiate that you're trying to at least uh, work in that field. So mm-hmm. um, that would be another another way to do it. Okay. Um, maybe anything to do with like rehabbing a house or, you know, maybe documenting when you go out. And, I know a lot of people do like, uh, what is it? Drive call, drive for dollars or something like that. Or uh, people that basically go around and like look for homes that are like uh, distressed or have owners that pretty much want to sell. Oh, like whatever. rehabs? Yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah, okay. it's spending time doing that, I guess maybe they'd yeah. be able to document that. Does the IRS check that heavily if you try to it depends, you know, okay. because if it, you know, if you have a really substantial loss to offset, then they they might look at it a little bit more closely. Yeah. Okay. So you got to kind of like um, be a little bit realistic about it. Okay. Yeah. And because I, I think you know the the importance here is to show that like if you're a real estate professional and now you can, I think the biggest thing and correct me if I'm wrong, Steve here is if when you're a real estate professional, let's say you own a business and you're a real estate investor, you're able to take that money that you make from your business. And the money that you make from real estate, real estate that you're depreciating can also be used to offset your business earned income versus just your real estate. Right. Income. That's when it becomes an issue is when you have two competing types of lines of business. You know, so they say, okay, one has to be, you know, which one really is the materially participating. So that's really where you have to like document your activity. Okay. And your hours into that. And that, and then there's ways to do that. Okay. There's, there's certain checklists that we, you know, go through and we substantiate that. Yeah. Um, you know, one, one, I liked one, one thing i like most real estate professionals to have is their real estate license are we at least working towards it okay yeah okay. that's yeah. easy which one. is it's pretty easy to get I yes mean, yeah it's not it's not every it's people that comes on the show yeah. is a real estate has yeah, exactly. a real estate agent brother it's like, yeah. like part-time I mean, or some they shit feel like four times ready but then they finally got yeah it. they finally <laughs> got yeah. it that right there will make you a professional and and i think guys it's worth pursuing because in my case i'll give you guys an example i own seven properties right so i was able to kind of um use the fact that i have these seven properties to to justify hey I, I am considered a real estate professional, which is worth worth it because you're when you're considered a real estate professional, now the income, you can basically use it to offset even your business income from your other job. Right. So I, that, that's yeah. very critical, guys, because if you can only do what was it before, 25%, then- Well, 25,000. 25,000. Yeah, okay. Right. So right. then so, that's not, that's not right. enough. You know what I'm saying? If, right. Especially if you're making 
you know, over 200,000, right. whatever it may be, you're only going to be able to write off 25,000. That's not that much. So, so long story short, getting the real estate, having that portfolio, depreciating it, you know, uh, versus regular versus uh, accelerated, give you benefits of tax, uh, you know, paying less in taxes and as well for your business. Yeah. And I would say just yep. a quick side note for commercial, it's, if I'm not mistaken, it's 39, 39 years versus over a 29, uh, to over a 27 and a half year schedule. Yes. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And, yep. um, and real quick with the commercial, is it, uh, can you, can you be a little bit more aggressive? I'm assuming since it's commercial, yeah, because they're more, bigger, yeah, more aggressive on like something with cost segregation. They, or... they, yeah, they really bring like, that's really like, you know, most commercial properties are going to be a lot more than like a typical residential, I think, you know, in most cases. And then that's where it would, it would benefit you to get a engineering firm that specializes in cost segregation studies to come out and do one. Okay. Because they they will take the nuts and bolts and everything. Yeah. They come out with a tape yeah. measure and they I mean, actually they, they they get yeah. So because you're you're spending a couple thousand dollars, it's well worth it because the tax savings in this. Let's say you spent, you know, three thousand dollars on a cost segregation study. Mm -hmm. You're saving fifteen grand in this scenario. That would definitely be worth it. Yeah. So you can only imagine and doing it on a commercial property right. worth a couple million. million. Now yeah. we're talking. You spent three five thousand yeah. dollars to bring you know some guy out with a protractor figuring out which you're gonna you know could write off, but that could potentially save you. Hundreds of thousands. Right. And they're, they, um, and I'm sure they give you they documentation you can use to give get to the IRS. Everything. It's so like, it's bulletproof. IRS try to, you could bulletproof. try to sit, hey, yeah. uh, we want to audit. Oh, okay. Yeah. You actually, uh, you triggered my trap card. Yeah, I got the fucking, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick story. <laughs> I worked with, uh, early on, I worked with a, a partner, uh, a CPA. He was a partner in a firm. His wife was a PhD actually got a job with the internal revenue service mm. and her job specifically was to do an analysis on depreciation. So that's why this cost segregation stuff is, and they paid her $200,000 a year. And all she did was basically study depreciation methods. And on all like they, they it, it was like a, she worked there for a few years, huge amount of money that they invested this would have been back in 20 i don't know or 2013 or something like that and as a former government employee guys no one really earns two hundred thousand yeah. dollars per year unless like you're in congress and stuff yeah you so know what i'm saying they, that's they, extremely high for yeah. a government employee they they, they shipped her out to washington dc and she spent like li literally like working on this stuff so the people that work in this cost segregation industry they it hurt to like they came out with all of this uh um, you know basically all the rules of all all the depreciation and all the component pieces, everything's on the on, so those those cost segregation study study um firms mm -hmm. they adhere strictly to those to that to uh, those regulations yeah the regulations of the IRS there damn yeah. okay bulletproof man bulletproof so you guys could see obviously when you're buying like bigger properties or whatever it's in it's worth it to hire someone on on my case scenario you know we were able to just do it you know regularly yeah you basic, did, I mean, here's it's a mini mini cost segregation study you don't need to hire somebody to do it yeah. you just kind of do it on, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We, we did it very like, uh, as you guys know, I talked about this before I bought a property. Uh, it, it just, I actually closed on a property, $265,000. Right. I bought it cash um, because I needed to get get it done before the tax year ended. And I didn't have time to get a loan. So bought a cash 265. Um, and the reason why I did it was because it was recently rehabbed. It was a turnkey property and turnkey guys means it's basically ready to go once you purchase it. So I bought it as soon as I bought it. I called Steve. Hey guys, uh, hey Steve, um, I purchased it. This is, you know, the address, etc. This is how much it's it's worth. And what Steve was able to do is he was able to use, uh, you know, the depreciation which he just showed you right there with the example at the twenty-seven and a half year scale. And then we're also able to do the cost segregation as well 
and that was able to knock off a bit more as far as like uh you know what i would be i guess liable for um right, right. so uh so that's the importance of it guys why, why it's like um it's so deadly you know what I'm saying? not deadly but it's so important when it comes to you know helping you out with your taxes then we also made myself a real estate professional so i was able to deduct the full amount over twenty five thousand dollars and uh all i'm gonna say is i would have had probably double the tax bill had i not purchased those real estate properties right, this year right and in your case on those properties a lot of those were like uh improved yeah so a lot of those improvements to those properties have better appreciate depreciation of yes to take that's the key there on those yeah so I think uh, you we know what? we talked about that thank you for mentioning yeah that. yeah that was a, that was a big one because i think you went back to the previous guys and they, they could really yes they so let me all, all of it documented so this is what i did guys all right i'm gonna give, give you a little bit of secret sauce here i purchased the houses right um basically turnkey and they were all recently rehabbed so what i did was i contacted every seller i purchased the home from and I asked them listen roughly how much did you spend on fixing the home you know, and they have no point to lie to me at this point because right. it's like I already own the house. It is what it is. And they gave me rough estimates. We basically rounded down right? and we were able to use those rehab costs of what they of what they spent their money on to go ahead and offset right. my right. Uh, my taxes. OK, does that make sense? And then on top of that, remember, guys, when you purchase the home, let's say you get a loan and you only put one hundred thousand dollars into the home. The home is worth, you know, uh, four hundred thousand. So you only put twenty five percent down. Guess what? You could depreciate at the $400,000 price point, not what you necessarily yeah. put into it. You guys understand that? I'm going to say that one more time for you because that's really powerful. You buy the house for $400,000. You only put $100,000 of your own money into the deal. However, you could depreciate the entire, buy, uh, uh, the entire cost amount of $400,000 from which you only put 25% of your own money and the other 75% came from the bank. So in other words, you're using other people's money to offset your own taxes so that you pay less. And this stuff like this, guys, is why the rich and the wealthy stay rich and fucking wealthy. This is the glitch in the matrix, guys, because the U.S. government, what I've come to realize is if you own real estate or you own a business and you're providing housing and employment to people, the U.S. government rewards that heavily and incentivizes them to give you big tax breaks because people that provide housing and jobs keep the economy going. Think so that's it. why you get such a big tax break on these types of things. But nursing homes, very good business because once again, you can use those principles regarding taxes and you're employing people, same time housing people as well. So there you go. Yeah, I know a lot of people that um they start like assisted living facilities. Yep, those. with like small rental homes. Yeah, so we, we used to go to a lot of those properties actually and take x-rays. Yeah, a lot yeah. of guys I know that have money here in Florida. That's what they do. Yeah, yeah. It's a so. big business, yeah. There you go. Especially uh, here in Florida. No facts. Um, so we have some super chats here, Chris, I believe, if you want to bring them up, if you don't mind. All right, Highlander 2016, Tubuck says, is it the same tax laws for the U.S. Virgin Islands? Ooh. That I don't know. I mean, I know it's a commonwealth. I don't know if there's a tax act with them, to be to be honest with you, because I, I I haven't dealt with that. So. I don't hear any, I don't hear anyone going there either myself. Just just Puerto Rico. No, I never heard anything like as, as a tax haven. Yeah. So, you know, it's different because it's a different treaty with with, uh, with uh, U.S. Virgin Islands. Yeah, I'm not too sure Puerto Rico. that either. Orlando Beer Singh, five bucks, says, on the topic of moving to Puerto Rico for tax benefits, does that work for the Virgin Islands? Would it be the kind same? Kind of the same, same, same question. question. Yeah. Yeah, we're not sure about that, brother. Um, We got here Desmond Montgomery, five bucks, says, I stopped being independent for four months in 2021. I work two jobs in my own business. Is there a way I can still get a tax return or avoid paying taxes? So uh, she said she worked two jobs in her own business, and she was 
stop being dependent for four months in 2021, can she get a return or avoid paying taxes? I guess you're going to have to ask your whoever was, you know, if it's your mom or your dad, whoever was taking you on their taxes, if, they're, if they could not take you for 2021, then you could declare yourself independent, follow your own return, and and then de declare yourself on your own return as an independent. Yeah, you could definitely do that. Okay. Um, and then I'm sure, you know, I don't know how much you made. So, I mean, it all, it all depends on, on, you know, how much you made. So, right. uh, on the avoid paying taxes question, that's, you know, depends on how much you made. All right. And we have uh, King Kareem, five bucks, says, I'll drive for Uber. Is it better? And I'll definitely make over 50K this year. Should I create an LLC for my Uber? Also, can I deduct my car payments? Oh, et that's a really good question with LLCs versus S Corps. Yeah. You yeah. Not and wait, out the that park? was the last one we talked about. Yeah. So, you know, at $50,000, I don't know what your expenses are going to be, but let's say your expenses are uh, 20 and you got a $30,000 profit. Um, and you're going to have to pay self employment tax if you file it on your personal income tax return of 15.3%. And then you're going to have to pay regular ordinary income tax return uh, tax. So you might want to consider becoming a, uh, you could still do an LLC, but convert it to be treated as a corporation and more specifically an S corporation. And then you can avoid some of those uh, self-employment taxes altogether. Yeah, you don't want to avoid hundred percent of them. So um, you want to put something in there where you have to pay the self-employment tax on it, maybe ten thousand of the of the thirty thousand dollar profit, and then bring the twenty thousand dollars over, and pay ordinary income tax, and that's going to save you a few thousand dollars on there. So yeah, definitely it makes sense for you, but you want to make that LLC turn it into an S corporation, mm -hmm. and and they have a, a finite amount of time to do it, right? If I'm not mistaken, yeah, you want to do it within the first, the first yeah yeah. So if you file it, you're supposed to do it within so many days after you file and form the corporation, and you get your tax ID number. But as long as you do it with it, because a lot of times I do it and I file those forms along with filing their first income tax return. And then the IRS will, in most cases, will accept it. Okay. Is it a within a filing. year or two years? I remember within a year. For me. Within, within a year. year. Okay. Yeah. Within a year. You want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I, uh, I remember when I had my my joint, it was LLC. And I remember you told me, hey, yeah, we got to switch did. you over to S Corp yeah. because you're, you're um, you know, pretty much. You were going to get killed. Person. Yeah. You yeah. Because I had my yeah. government job too. So for you guys that right. have a side hustle and you have a W 2 job and you're also, you know, trying to get on your entrepreneur grind, uh, you, you're, it's, it, and if, um, forgive me if I'm dumbing it down, but essentially you're taxing yourself twice when right. you do that right. LLC versus and right. having a W two income, right? Exactly. Okay. Because they always say get LLC, but they don't oh, tell you. Oh, the tax there's thing. another one too. Um, we'll do, keep doing the super chats, but don't yeah. um let me forget to talk about the 1099k. Okay. Oh. Right, Did we talk that about down. that earlier? Did I talk uh, we no. mentioned no, no, no. Me and him were talking about it before you got here. Yeah. But we can definitely talk That's about coming it coming next people. year. Okay. So this year right now, it's happening. Um, and we'll talk you know what, about this. It. Let's talk, we could talk about it now. Okay. So let's break it down to 1099K because I don't even know what this is. So Okay. So like for, for instance, like you get Zelle, you get Cash App, you yep. get Venmo, yep. et cetera. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you have a business and um, you're getting those forms of payment, mm -hmm. those payment providers or processors had to give you a 1099 okay. every year. And the way they did it, the benchmark was if they if you got paid over twenty thousand, and you had more than two hundred transactions in one year. Mm. If if you had twenty thousand and you only had a hundred transactions, no ten ninety nine k, right? So they had to have both of those requirements: twenty thousand and two hundred transactions. You get a ten ninety nine k. Okay, that gets reported to the Internal Revenue Service. Okay, they have it in your transcript. 
So then you have to file that and you have to report that income. Okay. Well, you know what they did with the uh, with the Affordable Care Act? They stuck it in there. AKA Obamacare. With all right? this stimulus money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's oh, the Obamacare? Our, um, that? No, the latest one. I'm t- I, I misspoke. The, the one that they just passed. Um, under Trump with, administration? With, with, yeah, with the Biden? stimulus. No, the stimulus package. Oh, okay, okay, the, okay. The, okay. Yeah. Okay, they stuck it in there. Now, what they're doing is if you have a business account and you're collecting any type of, you know, Zelle or Cash App or, or Venmo or anything like that, if it's over $600 and it's one transaction, you're going to get a 1099K. So let's say you have a garage sale or something or you sell a couple of items and you got $1,200. Somebody's like, hey, you got Cash App? You know, and you're going to have to report that to that because that gets reported to the Internal Revenue Service. Mm-hmm. You know, the that, difference. That's interesting because there's been probably a surge in payments being done through Cash App, Zelle, or you know these because of the you know because of the pandemic. Essentially, a lot of people started digital businesses. A lot of people started using yep. these type of payment processes. Yeah, yeah we're payments. in the, the gig economy, so yeah, everybody's working from home remotely, and you know you got to your websites over there. Yeah, that's, you know, like your 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 yeah. uh, guests there. They're selling feed pictures that you chicks are getting yeah. caught now. <laughs> Literally. All right. Y'all getting them cash apps. PayPal <laughs> is coming, god damn it. PayPal too. You know what I'm saying? PayPal there's a, too. A rumor, PayPal right? too. Yes. There's a rumor about um he put an emoji as the description. For some reason it wouldn't register as like a transaction. I don't I don't well, know if that's maybe that's a hack we're gonna have to try. That I one. was like, what? Maybe so test said, it. Test it. it yeah. Stop typing <laughs> Keep good records. A description, just put an emoji. I don't know if that hope or not, they interesting i don't know who knows because I mean, they haven't produced them yet though uh, can you imagine somebody's like them yet. oh yeah uh, i'm just gonna put emojis on all my shit i'll be good bro uh, i ain't never gonna get in trouble next thing you know where'd you hear that from uh it was some t- uh meme going around i, I don't know really man. Some okay yeah. on, on social media sounds like, yeah sounds like shit so, okay, uh, let's hit some of these chats. <laughs> and guys, do me a quick favor, man. We didn't want to stop the show for likes. Do me a favor and like the goddamn video because we just gave y'all a, a whole uh, clinic on depreciation versus cost uh, segregation, aka a more accelerated form of depreciation, and showing you guys the secret sauce. This is how the wealthy stay wealthy, guys. This is how Robert Kiyosaki, Grant Cardone, etc. They basically are able to use depreciation along with uh, accelerated depreciation to bring their earned income to almost goddamn zero. And that's how they don't pay taxes. You know, some of these guys are probably paying less taxes than their own employees that make 50K a year. You know what I'm saying? It's ridiculous. You know, maybe, would you, fair? I don't know. Uh, yeah. 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 That's oh, what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. You know? Uh, okay. 10 bucks, Mr. Onizaka. And it's all 100% legal, by the way, guys. It's all 100% legal. Um, I need some help figuring out what my 18-year-old daughter should invest into. She currently has AK and she has put 2500 into ETH. Mm. ETH. Is that Ethereum? Yeah, Ethereum, yeah. Buy more. It's down. It's low. It's there like you go. it's low right now. Buy the dip. Yeah. Put her all, all underneath right now. Um. Yeah, because it's a that's a safe coin to, to uh, you know it's more of a blue chip coin. So I would definitely you know without getting into the other alternative stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think you got a lot of. It. Yeah, I got yeah. a lot of yeah. Ethereum. Like um, it's down now, but it's Charlie and yeah. Miguel for for that tip. Yeah, yeah. Charlie, Charlie and Miguel. Yeah. Was, we're telling us, you know, shouts our crypto guys. I was actually on the phone with Charlie a couple of days ago. Um, when in doubt, guys, buy Ethereum. That's literally what they say. When yeah. in doubt, just buy Ethereum. You know what I'm saying? The problem with Bitcoin is that it's a little too high to get into now. I mean, right now it's on a dip. It's a, last time I checked, it was like around 35 k or 35 yeah. Uh, let me see what it's at right now. But I think ETH was like in 2000 something. Yeah. Like in so let's see here at the market right now. So as of this very moment, okay, 9.57 p.m. on Monday, uh, 36,313 uh, is what Bitcoin is at and Ethereum's at about 2,400. Yeah, so, buy more. 
Yeah. So yeah, man, buy, buying a dip, guys. Buying a dip because it's going to go back up. Manny, any accountant Steve knows personally in NYC or Northern New Jersey he could recommend me to work with? No, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, I don't have any contacts there. But you do New York as well, right? Or I do, yeah, but because you're lot from New York originally, now. I'm originally from New York. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't, not too much. Anymore. Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, with uh, five bucks from Pause Nation, with a death involved, will there be a tax event upon withdrawal from an uninherit from an inherited IRA BDA transfer from a four hundred one four hundred one account four hundred one k account with no job or income? Oh shit, that's very specific. With a death, with a death involved. Can you highlight it, Chris? With yep. a death involved. A tax event upon withdrawal from a inherited IRA. Yeah, I could read it one more time. With the death involved, will there be a tax event upon withdrawal from an inherited IRA BDA transfer from a 401k account with no job or income? So what it sounds like to me is you're basically taking money from someone that deceased 401k. Is that a taxable event? I mean, I don't know what the dollar amount is. I'm, I'm assuming it's a substantial um, if they give tax it, it could be under what sixteen thousand dollars. I think it is. Um, but I believe need more details. From, you know, because the four hundred one k. Anytime you have a withdrawal, whoever is the custodian of that account has to fill out specific forms with the IRS and report it. Yeah, there's no way that there's no way around it. Mm -hmm. So depending on how they code that, if it's going to be coded as a rollover or a full like with like cash out, mm -hmm. I'm assuming it's probably going to be a taxable event. Yeah. Okay. It probably yeah. will be no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Um. It, it, I mean, it's not like it's your own. Yeah. You, know, you would need more details too. You're not recharacterizing you know, right? your own retirement account into another, uh, uh, you know, tax sheltered account. Yeah. So it's from someone else. So I'm I'm assuming that you're gonna. It's probably gonna be a taxable event. And, and yeah. Okay. All right. Um. And uh, pause nation. If you have any other facts that you want to throw to it real quick, uh, you know, feel free to do it. Uh, Sebastian, five bucks. Cause that's a very particular question. Uh, five bucks. What uh? What about purchasing rental units and storing Bitcoin miners inside of the units instead of people? <laughs> is that still like very uh, profitable? Bitcoin mining. I mean, Charlie was saying no. Yeah, I don't think that is. It's, 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 it's a dying industry. Back in the day. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, that's so Jab Crow host Joe. Uh, would you ever have had? Would you ever have Nomad Capitalists on someday? I don't know who he don't is. Know we can look him up. Uh, exploit. How much money? Do you, uh, Ten bucks. How much money do you need to save up to be, get a duplex with an FHA loan? Ah, three percent. Is it? Was it three percent? Three point five. Three point five. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Fresh actually did. Did it. You want to tell them real quick about how you got your give yeah. the cliffs on your joint? Um. So I got a property uh, two years ago. It was uh, three hundred and thirty k. I put uh, twelve twelve k down, which is like three percent of the property. Triplex guys. And uh, my first one, uh, working a regular job, fifteen bucks an hour. So it's doable. Uh, you, you need to get approved. You need to live in that, in that unit for like at least a, at least a year. So you can do it, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, so. it's a, it's basically a way to get get into a property and control it. Um, the only caveat is you got to live in it for a year. Yeah. yeah, And there's also grants and there's also um special programs where you can actually get um loans for home improvements on your taxes. So like you can get for up to twenty to forty k. You can put in windows, ACs, all that stuff in your units. Okay. What about actually having the money? Oh shit. Yeah, okay. Well, what's the that. name of it? Because it, it, since uh, you, guys, you remember, this company's like Y Green. Uh, another one I think is um, Elance. Basically, you you sign up with a company. They go over your uh, taxes. They go over your property. How much is worth? How much you owe on it? And then they'll give you a loan uh, for you to improve the property. Okay. Do you yeah. have to make under a certain amount to be able to qualify, or it doesn't matter? I don't know. What I, uh. Probably because it'd be is unfair it, if you didn't. Is it related to like an economic development zone? Maybe is that was because it's in a certain 
area. I think that's a cat area. And they're well. trying to like uh you know gentr- gentrify it. Yeah, because in my area that's what they're trying to do. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh all right. So and then we got here uh 10 bucks Baba Tunday. Hey guys, I always watch the Money Mondays. Thanks for what you guys are praying for your continued success. Hey, FNF God, bless y'all. Uh always any recommendations for first time independent filers? Mm. Um any recommendations? Well, I, I think it was those three that we covered right in the beginning. Yes. Those would be Biden the three. If you go back, I don't know if you're, you were joining us late, but those those would be the three major ones that uh, at the top of the show, guys, check that out. So make sure, like, do you qualify for the Because probably somebody claimed you prior, so mm-hmm. they might have already gotten the payment on your behalf. But if nobody claimed you last year, then you might be entitled to that $1,400 mm-hmm. amount. Um, you know, as an independent po- filer, you pr- I don't know if you have dependents or kids or whatever, so then maybe that's not an issue. And for some of you guys that are wondering, when he's saying, referring to claiming someone, it's like if your parents can claim you as a dependent and yeah. then they get a tax break because they support you. So right. Right. Uh, if you're independent for the first time, that means your your parents didn't claim you on their taxes and now you can actually, you know, uh, th- you, you can do it yourself versus them claiming Correct. you and you can Correct, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, and then we got five bucks. Larry, I understand there's ways to save money with taxes, but is there anything we can do w- w- that we can get for free, like with Section 179? I mean, Section 179 is you get a full expense deduction instead of like putting it like we did over here on the board where, we, where we're allocating things over years, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Where you get to expense the full amount yeah. in year one. Okay. Example, your your car that you guys bought that we did the show on. Oh, remember I did the show on, we had the yes. real bad connection. Should we, should we break that down real fast? Yeah. Cause, yeah. cause the, someone else asked about the G wagon anyway. So that falls right. Into well, the, the G wagon, because it's a heavy car, it's over 6,000 pounds. It's the same thing you guys, you can do, you know, and it's gotta have a legitimate business purpose. Right. Okay. Okay. And then it's always better if you're going to deduct the whole thing that you have a second vehicle on hand mm-hmm. for, for personal use, then you can substantiate that you use that car. 100% for business. Okay. But if you don't substantiate, you don't, if you don't have a second car, then obviously you're using a car for personal use. So you don't want to write a hundred percent of it off. Okay. You want to take like maybe 75, 80%. Okay. Because 20% or 25% you're using that for a personal. Okay. You yeah. know, so having another car will allow you, you have to... another one. Cause they ask you that question. Like, mm. do you have another car available? <laughs> Cause you know, you know, that's if, a gem right there, yeah. Steve, right there. Yeah. A lot that. of guys, Oh, I'm a hundred percent of the, it's all business. Come on, you go to Publix, you go out, you know, <laughs> to the gym, you go, you know, you're using a portion of that percentage of that usage you're using for personal. So, so you got to be reasonable. Um, That's a red flag. I guess uh, real quick, can you give, can we give a scenario? Maybe let's say you buy a hundred thousand dollar vehicle, a Range Rover, a G Wagon, whatever yeah. it is. One of these vehicles that yeah, qualifies so, under this provision. Yeah. What are they looking for from a numerical standpoint? I don't know if you want to do it on the board or you prefer to just do well, it. Well, it's just, it's very simple. It's, you know, certain cars qualify for Section 179. They're very mm-hmm. specific. A G Wagon being one of them because mm-hmm. it's heavy. It's a, it's a heavy vehicle. It's over 6,000 pounds. Okay. So let's say you pay 100 grand for it. Mm-hmm. You use it for 80% business. Okay. Mm-hmm. You get an $80,000 write off. Bam. Boom. That first year. That first year, and you can choose to take it all up front, or should you do it, or, or can you also take it up over time? Like you could, yeah. Here. Sometimes I stagger it because sometimes you don't need that huge deduction. And okay, it creates too much of a loss, and you they might be expecting more income later. Okay, that we could use more of that expense later on. So sometimes I don't, I don't do that, or I, I'll forego some of the bonus depreciation. Okay, as well. So you could play around with with it because you could be let, you could be more conservative because you're expecting to make more money. Yep, in future years, and you're going to need more expense. Okay. So you may not want to take it all up front. There you go. Okay. And then you can only buy one car a year with that. 
uh, benefit, right? Or can you buy multiple cars with that benefit? No, there's no there's no limit on it. Yeah. So I could buy yes. four Range Rovers. Yeah. And you 80, can take 80K some, each. Yeah. I've had clients that they have they have uh construction businesses, they buy oh. trucks every year. The, for the right at the end of the year, like Jeez. where am I at? And they'll spend all that money and get a get a huge rent because they need to replace their equipment on a more frequent basis. And they'll right oh. right in December they'll go and make deals. And I used to wonder why. I just out. learned something just now, bro. Yeah. yeah, I used to wonder why all these people like Grant Cardone will buy Rolls Royce right at the end of the year. Right at the end of the year. Yeah, I'm like you bought three back to back. Goddamn. But yeah, it's right, right at the end of the year. So that he can write. Oh, wow. And then you can actually choose to take it up front. And then the, and I think that this is very important that that we, uh I just thought about as Steve was saying that. Um, remember, guys, that when you're getting a loan to try to buy a home or whatever it is, they're going to look at your profit loss statements. They're going to look at how much money you actually netted. So when you do crazy deductions like that, what you're doing is you're basically saying, hey, I made less money, guys. And that will hurt you as far as getting a loan. So it's that's very important good, to strategize these that's things. That's a good point. However, depreciation is, is called an add back. So whenever, oh. you, so whenever the loan officer sits down or the underwriter that's giving you the mortgage okay. on there, they add back depreciation. And they don't count that against you as an expense because it's a non Yeah, I did not. That's know an that. add back. So that's even a that's even a better benefit. Okay. That, yeah. So that's so that's right there an unintended yeah. uh, benefit right there. So you can actually so quick scenario. You buy a Range it's like it's the end of the year. You need to find a way to you know offset your taxes. You buy a Range Rover over six thousand pounds. Right. Uh, it's a hundred thousand dollars for uh, uh, easy let's, purposes. Let's say it puts you in a loss hypothetically. Yeah. But the bank, when they look at it, they add that back. They add that 80K back that you wrote off. Yes. So it looks more profitable for lending purposes. Okay. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Because I yeah. know a lot of people are like scared sometimes to write too many things off because it makes their, yeah. I guess, earned income yeah. go down, which but, the banks look like, yo, you didn't make no money this year, bro. Right. The hell? Depreciation is not one that you need to worry about. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Well, so I think that's, that's important yeah. for the people to know that you cannot write off the most things and then also at the same time get loans easily it's because it goes back to, to the scenario that you talked about buying a four hundred thousand dollar property and only putting a hundred thousand right and you're still taking a big depreciation deduction yeah the, that's non-cash so it's not see because the, the bank's more worried about your cash flow for debt service right they want 40 percent debt to income service right mm -hmm. so you know they, they want to make sure on it so that's a non-cash item right in that mm -hmm. scenario because you're putting a hundred thousand dollars down and you're taking, let's say, a fifty thousand dollar depreciation deduction versus that's non-cash. Okay, right. So that doesn't affect your cash flow. So that that's Damn. what they're trying to derive more of the cash flow to make sure that you have enough money to pay your debt service. And can you basis. and can you tell the people real quick um, income to debt ratio? Break it down for the people because this is something I mean, that typically I think that the gold standard is like um, you were finding it was forty percent, right? Was yeah, forty percent when you were doing your loans. Basically, that your debt service and all your living your expenses that you want to make sure that it does not exceed 40 percent of your total income on a monthly basis in order for you to be have the ability to pay that loan back mm -hmm. otherwise you get into a risk with that bank and they're not gonna you know you're considered a high risk borrower yeah okay or raise your interest. they try to get you on that you know that that's a healthy cash flow okay 40 percent 40 60 and you want to be yeah. the, the lower that, the, you know, 70, 30 is called, better. Yeah. 40% debt to income ratio. <clears throat> okay. okay. So the lower on that other side, guys, the better, better. the more likely yeah. you're going to get approved yeah. for loans. So just know that, especially for home loans to get a mortgage. Um, Where are we at? Uh, what? Yo, we can drop a lot of gems, guys. Like for the real. goddamn video, man. Steve's point on a clinic out here. And this is free. The free stuff, man. For y'all, man. Uh, Original Deborah, five bucks says, what should I use instead of Cash App or Zelle or PayPal? And what's the best payroll company to use for someone in Minnesota? 
What should you use besides that? I mean, they've got Venmo, PayPal. Uh, I don't know. You, yeah, guys, it, you guys got any ideas on that one? <laughs> I guess Bit, just Venmo. Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, so, um, is, what, Cash App, Zeller Payment, what the best payout company to use? Oh, okay. Go ahead, Bianca. Yo, can we, uh, can we uh, add, throw her on real quick? She's on uh, mic. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, Bianca. What would you recommend? You got son? Out Hi. of nowhere. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, Just really quick. I think that there's a lot of people that are confused when it comes down to Venmo and Cash App. It's only when the account is a business account. Yes, it's not a, a be personal business, account. Not personal social security. So if people number. are sending you money and it's not a business no, account, no, 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 no. you don't have Correct. to do taxes on it. Correct. Oh, that's a good clarification. Yes, because yes. we actually I was talking to someone. Of course, the girl knows at the, the restaurant. She was selling the beat picks. God <laughs> damn it! The only fan song. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Go ahead. That's good one. Yeah, yeah, very good. Um, yes. So let's differentiate. If it's a business account, you're accepted. Like in your case, you got a business account that's going in there. Yeah, that's when you got to pay attention to that. Yeah. Shout out to Bianca. On Just because I do like a lot of business through there, yeah. and I don't have to pay taxes because I'm not a business. I'm still my personal account. Correct. Okay. Yeah. But Correct. is there a certain amount though, Steve, where like if you're making a certain amount, they're like, bro, it don't matter if it's personal, you gotta report this now. No, I don't think they're gonna go and just um you know put the burden of doing that on all of the personal taxpayers, you okay. know, personal social security numbers. That's a that's a big burden for them. Yeah. Just even in the businesses alone. You're chasing after burden. quarters yeah. when you should be going after dollars essentially, yeah. right? And it's the same thing for businesses too. Like if you pay an independent contractor, you know, anybody working for you here over six hundred dollars, you have to give them a ten ninety nine by law. Mm. So it's kind of the same thing okay know, even though you're you're paying them um you know through because you want to you as the business uh-huh. owner want to substantiate that you paid them and you want to take that deduction yeah on your okay. return yeah fair enough um maximum duke if you comment or flag the payment on zelle etc as a birthday gift will it still get reported i mean I mean, again, it's just going to be if it's a business account, it doesn't matter. If it's over six hundred bucks. This starting this year, they're gonna, it's gonna, they're gonna have crack down. You're gonna it. get a ten ninety nine k. Yeah. What I've noticed is, you know, as the, the COVID restrictions have been going down, they've been far more aggressive with pursuing you now for tax. Well, because reasons. they gave all that money out, and now yeah. you want some of it back. <laughs> yeah, get it back. <laughs> they're gonna, you know, <laughs> trying to recoup. So uh, wait for them to yeah. keep people honest they're, now, and you know, without. With, Com- compliance by force. You know yeah, what I mean? they're getting it back in blood. <laughs> they gave it to you. Now they're getting yeah. it back in blood. Uh, okay, let's see here. We got uh, 10 bucks, Mays Jackson, for business owners who can't afford an accountant. Uh, how do you recommend we keep our books, receipts, spreadsheet, app, etc.? My other super chat about business bank accounts didn't get read. I mean, basically, if you're using a bank account, all of that stuff, like we, we talked about, is all downloadable into an Excel spreadsheet and you can sort it. Okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, 10 bucks, Chris Loya. You can send a Zelle, pay, uh, Zelle, PayPal, or Cash App. You put in the memo, happy birthday or split check. It cannot be taxed. Don't know how true it is, but something I heard. Yeah, I heard about that and then emojis. I'm like, I don't know about that, bro, but hey. <laughs> What's your take on that, Steve? Wait, which one are you reading right now? Uh, uh, Chris take, Loya. The, yeah. 10. Oh, the one down. Okay, okay. Um, It says, uh, can you send PayPal, Cash App, and uh, happy birthday or split check to be traveled? Don't know. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> um that's a unique situation i mean yeah i mean i, I wouldn't advise to do that and you know, you know they're gonna unless, say happy birthday <laughs> check yeah wait how many birthdays people do you know i actually know like they're they gonna know bro like yeah it, it, to me i look at it like you do that it. too often yeah. it's not yeah. worth it i mean you, you gotta get what audited, you say, bro yeah. birthday check birthday check. yeah they're gonna be yeah. like oh, okay wait a minute it's a birthday every day bro <laughs> you know the government's gonna be like listen bro happy we, birthday yeah to like we ain't stupid they're gonna be like like 
You think we're stupid? Next thing you know, take my money. A year later. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, chan- chances are, you know, chances are you're not going to get caught doing that. But I mean, you know, let's say you're you're the one in a million that does, you know, and then for for Fucking saving blows. a thousand bucks, and then three years later, now that bill turns into four grand. Like, yeah. was it worth it? Yeah. Now, if you haven't learned by now. Look, <laughs> what's it worth? Pay your taxes, nigga. Yeah, pay your taxes, bro. Right. Uh, I day trade stocks, so all positions closed. My account was f- up five hundred percent in twenty twenty one. Is there any way of reducing capital gains tax? You could put it in a retirement account that's uh, looking uh, like a self-directed 401k, which we were going to talk about. We have to we have to do a show on that because that's something that you guys might want to consider because okay. you could stack yeah. a lot of money away um, for retirement. Okay. You know, and he talked about real estate where you could do like a 401k and like a self-directed and yeah. have a piece of property in there as well. So that's something that we could talk about. Yeah. Okay. I'm down. Uh, and then two more here, Mr. Zapata. I have two different companies and looking to open a third. How should I set up a holding company to move the money without triggering a taxable event? Right. Mm. So I said you two questions, by the way. So, so with those holding companies, you got to be careful because you you would be a con- like if you are a hundred percent owner of all three, then you got to do a consolidated return. It's not going to really help you. You're just kind of you're just causing a more complex tax situation and burden to really save nothing at the end because you get to put it all on one return. Because they ask you if you're, like, you're more than 80% owner of this one and, and so forth. So there's it, it, that goes to percentages. And it's a very complex um, structure that some people do, mm-hmm. do, but it, there's a certain way to do it. And it's outside of the scope of this discussion here. But that's going to be something where you have to do a consolidated return. Mm-hmm. And everything all comes together back on one consolidated and that's return. what you got to figure There's out is really it just no, worth the squeeze are yeah. you really going to save that much doing something yeah. like that i mean if you're even you're into like multi-million dollar and you you know you could sit down and and, and uh do a, a proper structure like that then it might make sense but um yeah for most it won't yeah okay uh five bucks you got to get no bad capitalists on your show that was a great that was a great suggestion okay all right and then kendall short five dollar super sticker we thank you so much here. we got uh d miles mm-hmm. is the unemployment the same as medical leave no, uh, I think we answered that one already. No, no. And then Mal MC twenty bucks says, if I if I have a for profit company, can you use section one seven nine of the IRS tax code to get a G wagon? No, we did. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, okay. definitely no, no, can. So real quick with the medical thing, what's the difference between the medical? What was that question again? Medical. So uh, that's a good question. Medical leave versus uh, unemployment. Is it the same? So medical leave is more of a benefit from your employer. Okay. Um, where unemployment goes, comes from the state. Okay. Right? Yeah. So they can, they're not the same as so because we talked about unemployment this year. If you make over ten thousand two hundred bucks, you're li- you got to pay taxes on that. Right. Not the same with medical leave where you don't pay. That, any that's tax a benefit that. from. That's you a know, benefit. Yeah. It's from. Okay. The, from this is a very high IQ conversation. Yeah. No. It definitely. I uh, want to make sure everyone gets the value. And then what's the last one here, Chris? And then we got five bucks. Kendall Short and MLS two one seven one one two seven. You can use rental income to offset P P I T I conventional. Try to stay under forty one percent. Okay, what the hell? Can you can you translate that to English for us, Steve? And MLS is that a multiple listing? Yeah, <laughs> that, no, MLS is like a multiple listing listings, number. Yeah, that's a listing number. So yeah, <laughs> okay. Oh, so maybe he's trying to give you some type of listing somewhere, and I don't know. I'm that, lost. That's a code for each. Listing. Yeah, for each house. Yeah, and so yeah. I don't know what you're trying to say there, bro. <laughs> I'm confused. But right, uh, I'm Until so next confused. Time. Uh, well, maybe that's a good real estate property. I will look it up in the MLS. Uh, anything else, Chris? Uh, last question. Sorry, last question. Don't want some questions yet. Okay, Marco, do I need to buy real estate by the end of the year to take advantage of the tax benefits for that year? 
Say, say that again. He's asking, uh, real estate. do I have to buy real estate by the end of the year to take advantage of tax benefits for that year? I mean, I can answer real yeah. quick and then I'll yeah. turn it to Steve. Absolutely. Yeah. It's got to be, it's got to fall within the calendar year. Yeah. Tax so year. scenario I gave you guys earlier, uh, I didn't, I, I was, I found it basically long story short, it was mid November. I couldn't get a loan in time to do a real estate deal and close by the 31st before the end of the tax year. So what I did was I went and found a house that I had money for cash. I purchased a home cash so that I can close the deal. And I actually ended up closing the deal December 30th, guys. And the only reason I did that deal, to be honest, even though it was a, it was a single family home, not typically what I buy, but I purchased it because I knew it was going to be an excellent tax write-off because I knew it had just been rehabbed and uh, it would make bring me some cash flow around 2300 per month. So, uh, But the main reason I bought it was to offset my taxes. So I purchased it cash and that house was able to significantly reduce my taxes with the depreciation that was explained to you guys before with the 27.5 as well as the accelerated cost depreciation, sorry, cost segregation. So you have to buy it in that calendar year to enjoy the benefits uh, from tax, you know, for, for tax, the tax break. Yeah. So, um, right. yeah. Steve, where can I find you? Yeah. You can find me on Instagram, uh, seeing beyond the numbers. And, uh, and you yeah. won't respond. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell them like uh, maybe not this time of year because I'm like extremely busy. But I'm yeah. not you taking have a full on new client list. Yeah, we're not taking on any new clients unless it's um it's on a case by case basis. So obviously, uh -huh. like good client referrals, you know, typically it's, it's uh, over five hundred thousand dollars or more yeah. per year. Or if they have a business that's been you know they've been around for like five years. And they're like, you know, maybe one million gross or something like that. Yeah. So, so basically, it's just a polite way of saying he, he ain't dealing with you broke guys. Okay. <laughs> you got to be high net worth for it to to contact them because they're busy as hell, which is a good problem, man. It's great that you're in business yeah. and obviously you're doing a lot of things. Yeah, hey, I'm blessed. I mean, I'm, blessed. I, I, um, I'm not going to complain. Puerto Rico. And, and real quick, I, I just want to tell you, you guys want to know how I was able to buy that house cash? It's thanks to you, Steve. We did the S. We did an SBA, SBA loan. Yeah. I got an SBA loan for about one hundred twenty twenty four thousand dollars. Yeah. Right. I took that money. Right. Saved it put it with some of my other earned income and we were able to purchase that house cash. cash. And yeah. that SBA loan guys that I got, it's uh, I have 18 months to pay it back and it's at a 3.5% interest rate right. over 30 years. So it's basically another mortgage. And you got, you, uh, you can defer it up to 18 months. Yes. 18 months is deferred for 18 months. To, yeah. So I don't have to pay I mean, it accrues at yeah. interest, but you know, so here's yeah. the beauty. So let's do the math. Bought the house for 265 K cash, right? It generates $2,300 a month. I used the loan to get it, right? I used the loan to fund half of the deal. Now, the house generates 2300 per month, but now I'm I'm collecting that 2300 full because I don't have a mortgage on it. Right. However, I got to start paying back the the loan after 18 months. But I did the math. Each payment is only going to be about $624. Right. So you go ahead and you go 1700 bucks. 1700 approximately 1700 yeah. bucks I'm netting in 18 in 18 months from now. You know what I'm saying? So basically I was able to use other people's money, procure an asset that pays me a dividend and I'm still netting 1700 positive uh, after I'm going to start paying. So, guys, these are little things that you can do that will help you. That's why the importance of using other and people's money, guys. The loan cl closing process on that was how easy? So easy. And the thing is, this so loan easy, isn't yeah. available anymore, guys. Sorry. Yeah, that, that ended <laughs> last year. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, unfortunately. But, um, had it not been for Steve bringing it to my attention, I would have never done it and not had that extra capital to be able to deploy to purchase that property. Right. You know what I'm saying? Especially with, you know, the time crunch that we had, because getting a loan, guys, takes a while. It takes, you know, they say, oh, 30 days to close. But realistically, sometimes it takes, you know, 45 to 60 days even right. sometimes to get the loan, you know, all the way approved. Because nowadays getting a loan is pretty tough with, with COVID, man. You know, you got to put 25 percent down. They want to basically know your dick size, how much money you make, how much your grandma makes. They ask all these yeah. really invasive questions. So uh, with that loan, I was it wasn't as intrusive. I was, was able to simple. get it fairly quickly. Was simple, it was yeah. easy. 
3.5% interest rate yeah. on $124,000. That's chump change if you put it into an asset, make money back, pay back the loan, but it doesn't matter because you're profiting like crazy. Yeah, I think that I think we you did it online. Yep. You provided a couple of documents. Legal, couple of documents. Yep. Got a call from somebody to answer some questions. And within yep. 48 hours, you had your money in your bank account. Yep. Direct deposit. Yep. Good credit. They gave it to me. Five, the closing cost was what? 500 bucks. Something like that. 500 bucks. Yeah. For the Completely cost. legal guys. Yeah. It's, it's, it was a, it was a, you know, um, a relief loan for small businesses, which obviously, you know, I have my LLC, everything like that. I met the prerequisites. We filed it properly, right? Don't do any of this stupid shit with fraud guys. Don't follow these PPP loans. It was not because you actually have to pay this one back. The PPP loan, guys, you don't have to pay back. It was a right, grant. Right, right. And that's where everybody's getting hit with the feds and getting arrested because they're just basically taking that money, buying Lambos and shit, doing stupid stuff. Right. But this one, you actually have to pay back. Shout out to all saying? the scammers. Yeah, shout out to all you scammers out there. But, uh, all right, guys. Cool. You hit up Steve on Instagram. Girls? Check him out, guys. Hit if you're high net worth an individual, this is who you want. This is the guy that does my taxes. He saved me a lot of money this year. So uh, other than that, guys, we got some it. ladies here. You just saved me more money. That is good. Yeah, go we got to work on your stuff. Yeah, we do. All right, let's go. <laughs> let's go get to work. All right, guys. Uh, peace. Peace.